And that is the sound of the 36th missile for the masses starting up. This is the Chaplain's Assistance Mortar Pod, and I am your host, Gary. And this is the podcast where basically two segments. I talk about my world of G.I. Joe, what I'm reading, news, mail calls. And then the other half, I take a look at a vehicle or playset from G.I. Joe, a real American hero toy line going back 40 years to 1982, all the way up to present. And this episode, I'm going to start off with my most recent mail call, a G.I. Joe classified figure that carried quite the premium price tag because he came with his own chariot. That's right, Serpentor is in the house. I gotta say, this is one of those few deluxe classified figures that was really worth the extra dough. You know, lately, Sergeant Slaughter and Kamakura have had 30 plus dollar price tags. And I pretty much failed to mention that, you know, while they're both impressive figures, personally, maybe the extra price was not truly justified, especially in the case of Kamakura. Sergeant Slaughter seemed to be a reasonable value, but not a great bang for the buck, but still, you know, got some value there. But Serpenter, whoa, wowee, this guy truly is deluxe. His chariot truly is deluxe. And if you missed me reviewing the 1986 Air Chariot, the link is below in the description. So you can click that and get my thoughts on that. And without truly doing a full review on the Chariot, let me just tell you about what's going on. The updates to the 6-inch scale absolutely nailed, with one small exception. Right now, you got the Chariot's upscaled. You have essentially similar features to the 1986 3-3-inch figure. But we got a couple neat little add-ons. The mouth opens and closes like the original. However, when the mouth opens, you can expose a laser, cannon, gun, flamethrower. It did all that stuff in the cartoon, so it can do all that stuff in your hands. And that's coming down from the upper palate of the mouth of the cobra, but also hidden in that mouth are two upper fangs that flip down. So you can close the mouth and all that stuff stays hidden and, dare I say, more aerodynamic, but it comes down and it really gives it a menacing face and something truly above and beyond. And then the other thing that I really enjoy on the upscaling is the added layer of detail to the fan. It doesn't have the thumb wheel to spin it around, so... It still spins, but it's silver underneath the black grate, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, could suck somebody's cape down there. But below that, you have three landing feet, which keeps it just a little little bit elevated and keeps it from getting scratched up. Now, the one thing where I'm a little, let's just say it feels a little out of place, is Serpentor's Air Chariot has two... 50 cal machine guns and they're beautiful 50 cal machine guns it 
pains me that they're on this air chariot when they could be in heavy arms roadblock arsenal. The reason why I'm not a huge fan of them on there, because I really do like the fact that he's got some real armament, some real power on this chariot, is just the fact that the realistic looking Browning M2 just looks a little out of place out of the more science fiction-y, science fantasy components of the air chariot. It's lovely. Don't get me wrong. It's awesome. Um, it has the ammo box feeding the belt around in a circ- in a semicircular pattern into the machine gun. And they're small ammo boxes. It just looks a little out of place. But it's still awesome. And it still looks impressive. I got to say that when I took it mine out of the package, the rear you know, tail fin, their lower rear tail fin on mine is a little warped. I probably should take a little heat to it and straighten it out. But it's in the back and this thing just has such a presence. This isn't something that's going to go back in the box anytime soon. It looks just, it is, it is gorgeous. I can't say it enough, but that's really enough on the air chariot. And I really need to talk a little bit about classified Serpentor and how much better he is than some of his other classified brethren. And yes, he is an upscaling of the 1986 figure. Yes, he does have a beautiful green cape. The cape is the perfect length. It's not like the regal Cobra Commander with the cape that would flow behind like a bride's train. This it's green. It comes down just down to the ankles, which is exactly where I expect the cape to come. So it's regal, but yet practical. Serpenter comes with a wrist gauntlet with two blades, kind of like Wolverine's claws. He's got a golden cobra staff. He's got a green straight snake spear. So you can reenact your favorite scene from 1987's G.I. Joe the movie with your classified figures. Die, arrogant earth scum! No! Duke? He took the snake meant for your heart, but his sacrifice will be in vain! This I command! He's got a coiled up snake like his original 86, and he's got a sword, and this is a sword that I'm not like too keen on. I mean, it looks cool, but it's more He-Man than G.I. Joe. So personally, I like him laying the beat down with the staff, and his gauntlet looks really cool because there's two of them. There's one retracted, one extended. I leave the extended one on him. And it is, it's really cool. He really looks upscale. He really looks menacing. And one of the biggest things they did with him was they got rid of the, the U ab cut and they replaced it with a modern style chest cut. So it's more like a four inch GI Joe or like a Valiverse figure. Seriously, like this is so impressive and it's almost statuesque. I... Again, I'm gushing, I'm gushing over it. Was it $69 from Hasbro Pulse? Yes, I feel it was worth it. Now, let me talk about the one little thing I didn't like about Serpentor is 
when you open the box, he comes up with a headgear that's attached to his back. So it has a clip on his back, not a backpack peg. And then he's got in the cowl, and it's like a cowl too, it's the upper cowl, and it attaches in one piece. That was the first thing I took off. I put it in a Ziploc baggie, and it's, and I can honestly say I am never going to put it on. I put the Cobra hood back on the one that's detached from the head, because that's an option on this Serpentor. And then I put the, the Cobra head top on top of Serpentor. So this way, now his head can move, because with the other one, the one that comes on the figure in the box, it's... It makes the whole neck look stiff. It doesn't look natural. While it is nice to think that the whole thing would be hooked up together, it's hard plastic. It doesn't flex. It doesn't really work that well. It's not like, you know, it's like Michael Keaton Batman. He has to turn his whole body around to look over to his left or right. And so I ditched that and it stays off. This classified figure is, again, like I said, statuesque. He looks menacing, promising. The face sculpt is very detailed. The painting on the face is very detailed. And it just works. He's got two little rivets on his armor over his breast. And it's, you know, it's just such a good tasty figure it has like like a snake skin texture on the cape it's just again i can't yes criticisms of the classified line in general this is upscaling of the classic figures the classic characters and that's what's selling so that's what they're making but when it's this good it's just nice to have it in hand am i going to play with these no, but these look really good on display in my room. So that's what's important to me right now. Two thumbs up, two giant thumbs up for Serpentor. And may he forever be deadlocked with Sergeant Slaughter on my shelf. Now to move on to something I've wanted to do for a couple weeks now, and that is a quick overview of the G.I. Joe O-Ring line so far. We'll culminate that in taking a look at the first vehicle offering from the O-Ring line. I won't be talking about the Transformers G.I. Joe crossovers just yet on the podcast. Needless, I'll just let you know that I have gotten them, and they, I think they are cool in some aspects but on this podcast and on my youtube channel i have mentioned and looked at the cobra trooper and officer two-pack and also snake eyes and storm shadow and overall i have enjoyed them obviously the storm shadow nunchucks just broke unexpectedly when i breathed on them and we still have the leg issue with the Cobra Officer. But other than that, yummy accessories. Do enjoy the plastic. They don't feel like they're about to break. And that's a quick recap. I, I have enjoyed those two two-packs. Now, the next two-pack that I got and I haven't talked about at all is the Cobra Commander and Duke two-pack. Really, the best thing I could say about that is 
they did a really nice job on Cobra Commander, and they did a really half-assed job on Duke. The Cobra Commander has a nice machine gun. He's got, you know, accessories of, of a Cobra-branded binoculars. He's got a little personal digital assistant before they became iPads. And he's got his traditional laser gun, which plugs into his traditional laser gun backpack molded into his back. He's painted more in those sunbow colors, which is a nice change of pace. Overall, he just looks really good. I actually think he's really playworthy. He does have another little laser pistol. He's got a little bomb a la G.I. Joe the movie from 1987. He's also got a little Cobra Golden Staff, much smaller than what Serpenter got. It's a good figure with good accessories. Duke, on the other hand, is like didn't care day at the factory. They gave him a reuse of Snowjob's XLMR rifle. They used a figure stand from the Valor versus Venom era because it came with a flag and... He has a silver jump jetpack. He's got silver straps, which go around him for the backpack. It's nice touch. He's got a brighter green helmet. Again, echoing those wonderful sunbow colors. And he's painted with a lot more brown accents. It's just, it's very vibrant. But the paint application on the face is just horrible. I don't know what else to say other than it. it is. It just looks derpy and no amount of cool Duke accessories can save it. It's like, yeah, we'll spend all our time on making this really nice Cobra Commander, but uh, screw Duke. And I know that they did change enough dimensions between the this new O-ring line and the original O-ring line that just swapping ahead would, is just too darn difficult, but... I probably will find a head and see what needs to be done. It's a letdown. Uh, Duke was a letdown. And I'll move quickly into the Transformers offerings of the figures because um, I want to get to the vehicle. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Baroness. The Baroness, you can't. it's really hard to screw up the Baroness. She's all black. You just have to make, just be faithful to the original. And what did they do wrong with the Baroness? Well, a lot of people have said the head. A lot of people complain about the large forehead. Now, I'm looking at an original Baroness, and I'm looking at my new retro O-ring Baroness. And I'll tell you, the forehead isn't that bad. It's, to me, something I would call acceptable. The head is also just a, a tad narrower. It's not overall a bad head mold, in my opinion. What they did wrong was they made the eyes too small and they painted the cavities inside the glasses. And when they did that, it changed the flesh tone from around the rest of the, the head sculpt. That's the cardinal skin. The eyes look too small, so now you think... Baroness here has Coke bottles for glasses, old four eyes. And I wouldn't say it ruins, but it's distracting. Overall, first glance, it's not bad. 
put her next to the original, it's noticeable. I think for coming with an absolute deluxe transformer like Megatron, should have been a first-rate job. $90 for Megatron, that's expensive. $90 for Megatron and Baroness, oh, yeah, grumbly, but yeah, it's tolerable. Baroness being less than excellent, like I think Megatron is, it's like getting within 10 feet of the finish line, running out of the breath, tripping, falling down. Did you finish the race? Your finger might be crossing the finish line because you're just touching over it, but you really did just fall short. That brings me to the second to last figure I'm going to talk about today, and that is Retro O-Ring Stalker. Now, here's something where I think is a huge turnaround for the Retro O-Ring line. I think they did an amazing job on the O-Ring Stalker. I think the O-Ring Stalker is almost a step up from the original 83. The good news is he's not going to break like your 83. So actually put a weapon in his hands. The paint apps are very faithful. You got a lighter green on the olive drab for his camouflage. Um, it's a similar pattern, but not the same. I think it's a home run. He's a little lighter skinned. The face is, I'd say, less exaggerated, but it just looks good. It's a, I think it's a fantastic figure. I think it's a solid update and it's faithful. The bayonet or his knife on his left suspender is a better paint apt. It's all in green and the green tip. Whereas I'm looking at my 83, the tip's not green. I'm really happy they did it. And when they did it, they did a great job. O-Ring Stalker right now is actually my favorite O-Ring Joe. So that brings to the latest offering of the G.I. Joe retro O-Ring line. This is another one where, I'm not going to lie, I think they did a really decent job with it, is the O-Ring Stinger and the O-Ring Stinger driver. Now, the driver is the exact same mold as the Cobra Officer. What's our problem with the Cobra Officer? The knees won't bend. So the Cobra Stinger driver, the knees won't bend. Well, by not don't bend, they only bend to about 45 degrees instead of the 90 degrees as we're used to with O-ring construction. The paint apps, again, are faithful to the original O-ring Stinger driver from 1984. And other than finer eyes, it's really a one-to-one -one comparison. So if you like your Stinger driver, chances are you'll probably like the retro O-ring Stinger driver. Talking price, it retailed for $37 in Hasbro Pulse, and it sold out like two or three times. I managed to order three of these through Hasbro Pulse, one for my friend, one for myself. The limit was two. They re-announced them, and I said, okay, well, I'd like to get another one for me. And then it turns out I was only supposed to get two to begin with. I wasn't supposed to get three. 
and I'm just being honest, I use the same login, same everything, but it let me do it. So I'm happy I have two O-ring stingers and I want one more. And why do I want one more? We'll get into that in just a second. And we'll take a look at the original stinger as well now. So I'll do both. It's a two for one. So we can talk about differences of both at the same time as we're just talking about the stinger in general. The Stinger originally was produced in 1984. It came with one figure, the Stinger driver. And it is based on the VAMP construction. So I looked at the VAMP early on. So I'll put the link below. So if you didn't listen to it yet or just to catch you up, the VAMP was largely a mix of the Lamborghini Cheetah and the Army XR311 prototypes. And it was kind of a mixed match. So what do you do when you have a popular mold and you want to get maximum value for it? Well, you change a couple little things. And that's why in 1984, we ended up with the Vamp Mark II and the Stinger. Now, the Stinger differs from the Vamp in a few key ways. It has an extended rear bumper for two figures to stand on. It has a handlebar on the back for the figures on the back to hold on to as they stand on the rear bumper. You have four missiles on a pivot stand, and that's good for four missiles, and they're open air, so you can roast the two characters that are standing on your back bumper. And that's really the big changes from a vamp to the Stinger. Things they did accessorize with the Stinger over the vamp was they put a roof and two gullwing doors on it uh, over the roll bars. They replaced a simple brush guard over the winch with a more aggressive front bumper with two spikes sticking out. You got a little more aggression there. So it is a complete vehicle. The chassis is a dark gray the same as the bumper, the handlebar. They changed the dash. They put a new steering wheel in it. You have silver wheels, and it's molded in black. It's a good update. They added a shovel on the right front fender, and they added a little detail on the front over the hood. Instead of having that little machine gun, now it has a like little turbine. Instead of the machine gun on the hood, they have what they call a refueling tank on the blueprint. So I think it's kind of funny. You put a fuel tank on the front of a vehicle, it kind of screams, shoot and blow me up now. And don't think that Cobra is alone in this. The FOE striker from the 50th anniversary line, they did the same thing with Chuckles. Poor Chuckles. The other thing about the 1984 vamp is they have added detail of rear deck panels next to the missile rack. And those are little clip-on dark gray panels that clip onto the uh, black body. That's one of the great things about that I like about the G.I. Joe line is all the, these little details that go in to these toys. They're essentially model kits. And that's like a level of detail that, you know, this was a toy line designed for 5 to 12-year-olds. And you have something in the line for everybody, and this is something that works. Overall, it's a solid update of the original VAMP. It's menacing. It was an affordable vehicle at the time. 
And other than the fact that the steering wheel is commonly lost, the front bumper gets commonly lost or broken, the roll bar is commonly broken, if not lost, the missile rack can, gets chewed up, the axles get bent. It, I mean, this was a well-played-with toy in the hands of many a child. And because of that, they do command kind of a premium price these days. You have excellent decals with the little spider or scorpion on each B pillar. And you just the decals are just well thought out, well placed. It's just a great Jeep. You know, the missiles, you know, you pick them up and you throw them at, at G.I. Joe. If there was any complaint I would have about the Stinger is the fact that of the lack of a machine gun. You know, you can get around that because you got a tow hitch. Again, you know, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with Jeep-like vehicles in a military toy line, let's be honest. And go quickly through the blueprints. You have the off-road tires on alloy wheels. I like that. They don't specify what alloy. So they could just be aluminum wheels. That's fine. You have urethane fender flares, just like you would find in any Pet Boys. You have a 4.8 liter V12 fuel-injected twin-turbo engine. That is a solid nod as what would eventually go into the Cheetah because, again, in the original one, I mentioned that they were using a small-block Chrysler V8. It says it has a range of 550 miles and a top speed of 140 miles per hour. As a car guy, I love this. It's right in the wheelhouse of what actually would happen. 550 miles? Yeah, I don't know. That might be pushing it. My my full-size pickup only gets 420 out of a gas tank, but then again, I drive with a heavy foot. You have four hood hold-down pins. And, yep, they're on either side of by the, uh, the A-pillar or the roll cage. You have a heavy-duty winch, which is hidden behind that. The front bumper that I've been calling it is the ram bar. You have halogen headlamps with electric defrosters. That's good for cold-weather climates. The other thing you would also see is what I like about the decal over the headlamps is it's almost... It's those grates that dim the glare of the lights onto the road, much like in wartime, so you're not shining up the whole road as you might be driving into an enemy emplacement. Don't know. You have the roll bar. You have the tow hook. The rocket launcher with 360-degree rotation. You have ground-to-air rockets. So ground-to-air. So that means that these rockets would be firing at missiles, helicopters, or whatever. So it's an anti-aircraft emplacement. However, as I play with the Stinger, those missiles shoot at anything that you aim them at. You have the gullwing doors, the rear deck panels, the refueling tank, which is on top of the hood, as previously mentioned, and they're also calling out the roof panel. Again, it's a glorified Jeep. I don't want to go into too much of a huge review with this vintage one because I got to talk about the 2022 Stinger. 
One of the things I like about the 2022 Stinger is the plastic. I think it is a softer plastic. It's much more in line with what you would find in these military toy lines at Walmart. And why does that make me happier that they're using a plastic that would be found in toys at a department store? Because that means it's durable. It means that you can play with this. And I'm not talking about adult play. I'm talking about kid play. The flip side of this coin is this was priced as an adult collectible. So for the plastic that I'm holding, it feels like a little expensive for what I'm getting in hand. I know they're not making it in the mass quantity. It's something I would buy at Walmart or Target perhaps, but it just means that when my seven-year-old grabbed this and then complained about the missiles not being spring-loaded, I wasn't filled with dread that it was gonna break. And that's important to me, especially with a toy line. Because I still like to look at these as toys. Even though I myself know that I'm an adult collector, I like to fantasize the fact that I'm going to play with my toys. It does feel that fill that urge. Again, like I said, I'll say the $36.99 price tag was, it feels a little high, but I felt by the time I got to put it together, you know, what's the experience worth? Yeah, I know. It's cheaper because they didn't put it together. Yeah, I know. You still have the metal axles. And I'll put the decals on. It was it was a fun hour and a half of putting it together, figuring it out. The changes they made into construction, they changed clips. They changed some dimensions. So things actually fit together very well. It's even not as bad as I feel putting the new figures in as it was putting or as it is putting older figures into the older stingers and vamps. Do they still have that height problem that I will begrudgingly accept? Yes, the heads still sit just above the roll bar and it is okay for me. I think it is a huge when that they remade this and they did a great job with it. Where I think we lost a little was you had the 25th anniversary line and you had the removable shovel and you had other little panels and stuff that all clipped together and everything. I sold my 25th stingers when I did a purge of all my modern stuff and they went too far back. And I'll tell you why I think they went too far back. So on the original Stinger, they have those rear deck panels that clip in. They got rid of those on this. They're painted black, just the rest of that. And I know that overall in the grand scheme of things, that it's not that big of a deal. It just felt that to me. It felt a little bit of a, a big deal to me. The black plastic is matte. The gray plastic is a brighter gray. Following in that bright, brighter color palette that invokes memories of the G.I. Joe cartoon, which I could relive right now on YouTube if I chose to. It is the wheels, the alloy wheels are a little more silver. Overall, it's great. I feel that even though it's a little more money or it was a little more money up front, I felt like I got to have that experience again of buying a new G.I. Joe toy, assembling a new G.I. Joe toy, and stickering, 
and props, these stickers are awesome. They did a really good job on the stickers. They, I would place them as like a, a small step down from Toy Hacks. I think Toy Hacks is probably some of the best stickers on the market for G.I. Joe toys. They're just such a high quality. And these are high quality too. However, they have like a glossy finish and it really shows up against the matte black of the Stinger Jeep. You know, you don't get to use all the stickers for some odd reason. They reprinted all the stickers, but some are painted on the Stinger as such, like the little warning label on the auxiliary fuel tank on the hood. You got a missile rack of four missiles. So that means we got to do five surface-to-air missiles for the rating system. And I'm going to rate both Stingers right now, and I'll say that the original 1984 Cobra Stinger is absolutely a five surface-to-air missiles out of five surface-to-air missiles. It carries a high price tag on the aftermarket. You know, last I looked, it was about $70 to $75 for one without the driver. And, you know, you have this 2022. I'm going to give it a four and a half surface-to-air missiles out of five. The only thing that's keeping it from a five is just a little high on the price point and just they went too far back pulling some details. But other than that, it's a near perfect recreation of the 1984. And currently on the secondary market, because they are sold out, it, they're about $60. So you are saving a little bit of money, but you're getting a whole lot more of durability if you don't require the original, I think that the modern, the, the newest one is a fine addition to your motor pool. I will eventually get my third one and I will go through my Stinger collections and figure out how many I really need. But I'm thinking two and two personally. You know, you got the Stinger driver, you know, it, it works good. They're carting around high-end dignitaries like Cobra Commander, Baroness, you know, spoiler alert, they're also O-rings. Major Blood looks good with one. I wouldn't say the Dreadnoughts. The Dreadnoughts have their own. I wouldn't put Destro in there. You could have Dr. Mindbender or any, just about any ground-level Cobra. You know, Vipers. You know, they, they work great with the Stinger, and that's why the Stinger is just so good. I love talking about vehicles that I enjoy, and this has been really just... This whole episode has been, other than the O-Ring Duke from 2022, has been really a love fest of, you know, some really fine toys in the G.I. Joe line. That concludes this missile of the Chaplin Assistance Motorpod. I have been your host, Gary. And to follow me along on social media, it's with, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, it is at Chaplain Joe Pod. If you would like to reach out to me, not on social media, you could also do chaplainjoepod at gmail.com. Thanks to my host, Anchor.fm. You can also find it distributed to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Good Pods. And while you're there, leave a message or review and rating. It only helps grow and improve this podcast. The Chaps and Sisters Motorpod is the strange, but not as strange, nerdy little brother of the pint, a pop culture podcast. And I don't say that because there's a Red Rocket burger 
down the street. With that all out of the way, one final missile for the masses, be decent to each other. <laughs>